SequelCast 2 is part of the Batman Podcast Network. For more information, go to batman-on-film.com. Let's start right out. Hey, what happened? As you know, back in 1970, I started on a series called What Happened? And every time something would go wrong, I would look at the camera and say, Hey, what happened? Everybody across the land, here's a special from SequelCast, though I don't know what it's gonna be about. Hello and welcome to SequelCast Special, a show where we talk about random pop culture topics. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Bradley Shergi. This, you know, every so often there, there's a, an actor that, or someone in the, the film industry that, that passes that we feel like we need to do a tribute episode for, someone who we've admired, and we're talking about someone who passed pretty recently of um, natural causes, I believe, but uh, he was 86 years old, Fred Willard, uh, with me as Thrasher. Hey, Wahapa! And uh, Alex. Hey, hey. And uh, yeah, Fred Willard has just been in so many comedies and things over the year. I'm looking at a- IMDb has him listed in 313 different projects. 313 credits as an actor. And, and yeah, that's just acting. He's got writing credits, soundtrack credits. Uh, he appears as himself all over the place in documentaries and in guest spots. He was in a very early episode of Saturday Night Live in uh, 1978. Yeah, it was hosted by Fred Willard and musical guest Devo. Right, Ooh. so that's quite the combination. Which, interestingly enough, Comedy Connection, uh, Dana Gould has an anecdote about when his dad first saw Devo it's when his dad came home late from work and Dana and his brothers were watching this episode of Saturday Night Live. That's awesome. How about that? Fascinating. Uh, well, Thrasher, before we started the, the show, you you had mentioned that you had found a, a clip that was the first time you ever saw Fred Willard. Yeah, and I, f- I figured this would be a, a good place to start is where we first saw mm-hmm. Fred Willard. Because the first time I was like truly aware of Fred Willard was in, uh, let me see, was, I believe, uh, Waiting for Guffman. Which one of the uh, one of you know one of, one of Christopher Guest's kind of mockumentary uh, type shows or type type uh, movies, but uh, he plays Ron Albertson in that. But I, I was doing some racking my brain, and I realized I had seen uh, Fred Willard in I think uh, 1980, 87 or eighty eight. It's hard to pin down the date, but I'll, I'll explain why. The first time I ever saw Fred Willard. Uh, Sid and Marty Croft did a political satire show called DC Follies. It was inspired by Mm. the British show Spitting Image, where it's all puppets of politicians and celebrities hanging out in a bar in Washington, D.C. called DC Follies. Fred Willard played the only human and the owner of the bar, a guy by the name of Fred. And 
uh, that was the first thing I ever saw him on because I just stumbled upon this show when I was a kid and cartoons had stopped airing. Uh, and I managed to track down and rewatch that very episode, which is very hard to find because unfortunately this show is not very well documented. Um, also, the production numbers you find for episodes are all over the place because according to YouTube, this is ep- season one, episode 16. But based on when it aired and the production company logo, because there were two different production companies, the second season was produced by Canon Films, this would have been season two. But you can find it if you look for Nixon Dreams of Being a Movie Star. This is the very first thing I ever saw Fred Willard in, and it's just a fascinating bit of weird TV trivia. And Fred Willard is just like, is Fred Willard, because, you know, not being a puppet, he tends to get the worst lines and he kind of has to react to them. But even doing the most mundane stuff he can still give it this really nice comedy bump. And there's a recurring segment on the show where they'll just cut to a dirty table and he'll come up and bust the table and deliver a one-liner. And there's the best one-liner. He just comes up to a to the table and he's clearing off like ashtrays. He goes, hey, you ever notice Washington, D.C. is the only place where men gather in smoke-filled rooms to ban cigarettes? <laughs> and he says it so matter-of-factly that it's like 50% funnier than just the words themselves. And I think that's something about Fred Willard. He can make anything he says 50% funnier than just the material on the page. He's, he's one of those classic comedians where he's not funny or he doesn't do things funny. He just is funny when he does things. And it doesn't matter what that right. thing is. And he's the perfect straight man, you know, like um, like in like in Spinal Tap. He's the, mil- he's the air base commander and he's great. It's like one of You're the, the Spaniel the tips, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it is so weird. It's because he's so deadpan and he never breaks. Exactly. He's very such a sturdy presence amongst, and especially when you pit that against a bunch of silliness, it's all the more funny when you have the straight man, you know, because you need a, you need that person so much in in comedy to he's, play he's, off of. He's deadpan. He he's often I found his tone to be often you know chipper, but not like in a cheesy like game show host way. There's something. I just, I don't know, I just sort of smile when I think about him. I mean, the first time I saw him in something was in a very small role as a mission commander in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. But I, I would say I really noticed him in uh, Best in Show. Oh, he yeah. plays just a, a legendary part, really. Buck Laughlin, who's, who's one of the hosts of the show. And he just, uh, very quick wit, just is so ridiculous in, in that movie, that whole movie is ridiculous. It's, you know, one of the many improvised uh, uh, comedies directed by Christopher Guest. And um, I, I think perhaps it's the best, might be the best well-known, because uh, Spinal Tap was directed by... Um, Rob Reiner. Thank you, yeah. Reiner. Uh, but Best in Show, I think with the dog show, the, the kind of silly setting and, and the actors are just really being all these crazy characters. Uh, well, it's... He, and it's just, a, it's that perfect Fred Willard character. Like his perfect, like his characters are kind of like wordy, but also lack a certain self-awareness, but are clearly trying to sort of get your attention. And like, I believe that's the whole background is that he, he's normally a morning sportscaster, but he's filling in for who would have been the regular co-host for the dog show. So he's trying to do this sportscaster shtick, but then he keeps taking his running commentary into these unsavory areas. You know, there's a club downtown where you can get a woman to put you on a leash just like that. And I don't know too much about that, but I bet you do. And he, like, keeps nudging the British guy who's just trying to stay on charge. <laughs> 
Alex, what did you first see Fred Willard? Would it have been Spinal Tap or? I think there would be a, the first time I saw him would either be Spinal Tap or Salem's Lot. But I think the first time I was much more aware of him would, um, would definitely be either Best in Show or uh, Waiting for, Waiting for Guffman, one of the Christopher Guest mm. uh, movies, definitely. And uh, one of my favorite, I, I think, um, moments would either be Best in Show and uh, For Your Consideration, but possibly For Your Consideration as the, um, the Hollywood Now host, um, I thought was hilarious. He's got that great voice where it's like, you know, your, your go-to TV persona um, and always, uh, always elaborates for a lot of, a lot of good lines. And um, there's a scene in For Your Consideration where he's like, how about a slice of humble pie for this gentleman? And just the, his reading of that kills me every time. And for, for to this day, whenever somebody says humble pie, I, I, I cackle a little bit because I think of that moment in For Your Consideration. So I was I was kind of like digging through some of like his like le- lesser known things. So I found he did a series of interviews for uh, like, I believe this Museum of Film and Television mm. that are really fascinating to listen to. He talks about DC Follies. He talks about uh, he did a uh, oh crud! Now I'm trying to find. He did a he he was an on again off again segment host for this show called Real People, which was a comedy kind of news magazine show. I believe the guy who created it went on to create uh, shows like in the vein of 60 Minutes and and Current Affair and things like that. But what's fascinating is the whole premise of the show is they send people with a good sense of humor to interview strange people and, and, and look into strange circumstances, but they do it kind of with a certain sort of sense of affection. And like the way, the way he put it is you can't like, if somebody's a real weirdo, you can't go to interview them and say, wow, you're a kook, aren't you? You have to take them seriously because it's the only way to get, to get to the truth. And I found some of the segments and there's, there's two that really like stood out. One was this town where every year their high schools have a competition where they see how many students they can fit into a hatchback. <laughs> uh, and like, he's interviewing the students and the organizers and he gets in the hatchback at one point and like, does an interview like, like in this stack of people. Uh, and it's just really fun. He's throwing off one liners and like, everybody seems to be having a great time. And then the other one, he did a report on the television station. They found the television station with the lowest ratings in America. Uh, and it's a local tele. It was like a local television station in, I think, Montana. And it's just like, it's run by like four people who all have to do triple duty. And that's even one of the best parts is that there's a guy doing a weather report. Is And now the sports report. Paul, can you do the sports report? And the cameraman comes out from behind the camera and gets in front of it and starts reading through the sports page of the local paper. <laughs> and it's all That's real, cool. and it's also beautiful and so humane, and Fred Willard only enhances the sense of humanity. While being check. hilarious. It sounds like, like a Christopher Guest movie come to life. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. Real, real people, definitely check it out. The, the, uh, there is a, uh, I think one of the people who are responsible for making the show has made a YouTube archive. If you just look for real people, I believe you can get, uh, look for the real people channel. You can get individual segments and whole episodes. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I was looking here. It looks like Fred Willard's one of his last credits. It'll actually premiere on Netflix in uh, end of May. So pretty soon here, something called Space Force, a, uh, sitcom uh, co-created by Steve Carell. 
I, I, ha- uh, I have mixed feelings about that, because on the one hand, a sci-fi, a near-future sci or I guess present sci-fi comedy with Steve Carell and Fred Willard, sign me up. On the other hand, it's based on one of the stupidest bits of policy that we have had in a long yeah. time. If it helps John Malkovich... is going to fight in space, motherfucker? Right. John Malkovich <laughs> is in it, so, I mean, Ben Schwartz. Wow. Good. Deanna Silvers, Tawny Newsom. Yeah, good cast. So we'll yeah. see what happens with that, but... Um, it's nice we'll see him in something new pretty soon, but he just did so many things that I really liked him, and he had a small part in in uh, Wally as oh, a yeah. Shelby Forthright. It's a brief live action segment in a mostly animated film, and he just has this kind of deadpan, goofy delivery. I mean, I saw him on on a, on a YouTube thing. It was a Second City video that was making fun of the more recent version of Cosmos, but this was a version hosted by Fred Willard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's saying things like, Saturn is a planet in a car. <laughs> if, you, if you copied yourself a hundred times and laid yourself end to end, you would only get halfway to Pluto. <laughs> right, it's all these different things. Um, I have not seen that new Cosmos series, by the way, and it just had a second season, but... I haven't seen the second season, but the first season I found very stimulating. I really liked it. Yeah, there's um, he's got a terrific voice. And in preparation for this episode, I watched um, I started watching Monster House, uh, which was another curiosity mm. for me because it's got a writing credit for Dan Harmon. Yes, and he yeah he's the he voices the father of the main character, and he's just got these great line readings. Like there's when the 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 story this kid's left alone when his parents go out and there's a monster house across the street. But when they're leaving, the mother's like, say goodbye, say you love him. He's like, he's like, yeah, I, he knows I love him. Like, it's my son. Like, let's just go. <laughs> he's got a, he's just terrific and being so, um, like, effortlessly funny. Well, he's also one of those that guy actors. Like, even if you don't know his name, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that guy. But also, oh, yeah. he cropped up in the strangest places. He's in an episode of Stargate SG-1. <laughs> There's, uh, this was in the Sci-Fi Channel years. This was after Claudia Black had been introduced as like this alien con woman. He plays her father, who is an alien con man who's like nearing retirement, and he just plays it like Fred Willard. He's an alien, but he wears this like Hawaiian shirt, and he's always talking, "Hi, oh, how y'all doing, Commander? I'm just gonna hide out on Earth for a little bit," and it just ends just just to anchor it in the times. It ends with him like apologizing to everybody and trying to do him a favor. And when he gets to Teal, I know you want to learn more about Earth. So I got you tickets for a show, some show about uh, some show about a person named Virginia. I don't know. I'm sure you'll <laughs> love it. And and then at the end, you know, Teal goes to the show and it's the vagina monologues. <laughs> but Fre- but again, Fred Willard is, is just being himself, but he is so funny as himself in the middle of a show about people fighting mind control alien worms. <laughs> Oh. Pratfall. Yeah. Uh, there's cat. <laughs> that uh, makes sense. Oh, just... so speaking of other like weird things, I didn't get a chance to find this clip. I'm gonna try to look it up. But in uh, 1988, there was a 50th anniversary tribute to Superman that was done in the style of a documentary. Uh, Fred Willard plays Finn Howard, Metropolis's deputy mayor. I want to see that so bad. That sounds awful. Yeah. That that special was on. Uh, it was on that like 10 disc DVD set of Superman that was in a metal tin 
that came out around 2006. It might be on one of the recent Blu-ray sets. It's strange. It has a lot of SCTV actors. Uh, of people just playing regular, you know, townsfolk of Metropolis, kind of doing comedy bits vaguely related to Superman. It's a, uh, it's, it's frankly kind of a weird special, but I'm glad it's it's archived on there somewhere. I mean, he did a lot of roles over the years of uh, recurring parts in sitcoms. He was on like Roseanne and Family Matters, um, Hercules. He was the voice of Vic. Mad About You, Henry Vincent. I mean, just so many credits over the years. It's mind-boggling. He did voiceovers. He did the, an early episode of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because oh. they're kind of uh, involved in the Christopher Guest Spinal Tap contingent with Harry Shearer and all those guys. So other weird, other weird places he shows up, this ties into sequel cast. Years ago, we did an audio commentary for the Wizards of Waverly Place movie, He's in an episode of the Wizards of Waverly Place, and he's like this like magical mentor figure. But for some, and I don't understand why, but for some reason they put him in this smiling makeup, and in the smiling makeup he looks like Jack Nicholson's Joker when he tries to hide uh, his own makeup face. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same makeup prosthetics somehow. It could be. I mean, all the. Uh... All the different things Fred Riller did. And, and I mean, even when he shows up, like for a bit part on uh, David Letterman or something like that, the host seems so glad to see him. Like he just seemed to be a really well liked person. Yeah, definitely seems like a total mensch. And um, I just, I think like he's so casually, he's casually hilarious without really uh, breaking a sweat. But I think like well, he's at his best when he's playing the kind of like an anchor or a reporter or a host of something. You know, when you have a character with a microphone in his hand, you know, making, you know, funny observations, I think that's like when he really flourishes. Um, like you said, like in Best in Show, uh, a lot of the Christopher Guest stuff, um, Anchorman. Um, yeah, he's terrific. Uh, or in, you know, like documentary format, like you said, the Real People Show. Oh, so somewhere where he's kind of like, th this is, I guess not quite a lost opportunity, but uh, do y'all remember the Ben Stiller show? Uh, from the uh, from the early nineties, it was a uh, ninety three, I believe. No, yes. I, I was aware of it, but I never saw it. So Fred Fred Willard appeared in two sketches, but one of the sketches was cut, and so the only sketch he appears in in the broadcast of the show is there's an amazing high concept sketch where it's Metallica being interviewed on MTV, but they're being interviewed about a song they did for a movie soundtrack, but the movie is a father-son body-switching comedy. And <laughs> they play the music video, which is just like a perfect send-up of those music videos where they will cut between the band performing on stage and random clips from the movie. And so Fred Willard is the dad, and they keep cutting back to Fred Willard, like pantomiming father-son body-switching movie shtick. Uh, which is really great. You know, he's really physical in it. Well, they filmed another sketch, which never aired, but it is on the DVD. They had these VHS transfers of the uh, of the raw footage for the unfinished or the raw cuts of the unfinished sketches. So there's no music or effects put in, and there's a brilliant sketch where where the whole premise it's like a it's like one of those like local scandal like reporting local reporting things except the local scandal 
is that a teenage boy has just discovered masturbation and all he wants to do is be left alone. But everyone keeps like hounding him. What did you do? What did you see? And Fred Willard plays his high school principal who keeps pitching these different slogans for the community action. And this slogan, Nimitnimanintib, it stands for, no, we do not need to agree with Timmy, but we should support his his right to exist. <laughs> it's just so great the way he delivers these mush-mouthed uh, acronyms and then tries to explain what they mean. It's worth it's worth seeing. I presume somebody's uploaded it at some point. Definitely look up that that cut oh, yeah. sketch from the Ben Stiller show. <laughs> Shame it never aired. So there was um you said the Space Force show was coming up. I was actually I looked this up um just before we started recording, and um so are they because there's a video on YouTube and it's like a very scrappy uh, VHS edit. Is this just like a series they had filmed that they just had filmed and it never aired or? Uh, I believe I believe it's a Netflix original, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Netflix oh, okay. original series, and it's um they filmed it. It's just going to premiere in uh, May, and it might get a second season. Who knows? But because there's uh, a Space Force recorded in 1978. It yeah, felt no, like it's, I it's can not that. Pilot. Yeah, interesting. The oh wow, so this is uh so just looking at some other credits, another Superman connection. Uh, and another time he played a fictional president. It's not just in Wally. He played President Garner on three episodes of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. <laughs> That's the one with Dean Cain? Uh, yes, yes, that is the Dean Cain series. There's so many Superman series, it's hard to keep track. Oh, this is great. On Sabrina the Teenage Witch, he played Bobby Calzone. And that is a perfect name. <laughs> <laughs> He's also in the um, the Aristocrats documentary. Oh, you know what I just noticed? Like, so when you said like he plays, uh, he played an, a character on an early Simpsons episode. I completely forget that the early Simpsons episode still counts as early, even though it was a 1999 episode, Sunday Cruddy Sunday, which I think was from like season eight or nine, <laughs> possibly season. Oh yeah. 10. Yes, because now we're in season thirty or something like that. Yeah, and oh, it's yeah. renewed through thirty-two, I believe. Hmm. They'll never let go. Sunday, Cruddy Sunday. Which one was that? That's the one where he plays a travel agent and Homer buys, uh, gets everyone in Springfield to invest in a package deal to go to the Super Bowl. But then it turns out they bought fraudulent tickets. So they break into the Super Bowl. They break into uh, Rupert Murdoch's skybox. And Rupert Murdoch plays himself (laughs) where he refers to himself as the billionaire tyrants. (laughs) <laughs> so that, and um this is the vincent price egg kit one too <laughs> oh yeah that's a, cl- a classic b story oh yeah <laughs> not even the code embraced the crypt could keep you away so is vincent price dead or not i don't know it's his son jody <laughs> come on toby <laughs> or no his ne- his nephew toby yeah, yeah. It's it's just fascinating. It's just the the man never stopped working, and that's one of the things that was that he mentions uh, in the interview uh, for the Museum of Television is that uh, the interviewer asks him what his greatest achievement and greatest regret is, and strangely enough, his greatest achievement is like getting really good at little league baseball when he was a kid. <laughs> uh, it just it speaks to sort of like just like I think one of like the happiest times in his life. Uh, but then his greatest regret is that like I, th- I think it's like his greatest regret was that like he he never really 
is that he he never exactly made peace with being an actor because like the best part of acting is finding out you got the job. Everything else is awful because you're either waiting to get the job or you're doing a job you don't necessarily want to do. And he talks about how like he loves getting the phone call saying he's got the job until the next morning when he realizes, oh crap, for the next month I've got to get up at six a.m. every day. <laughs> and like and, and like he keeps like and he clearly has like a tug of war. Like I really want to retire and I should retire, but I just can't retire. <laughs> And yeah, he appeared in a lot of short videos for Second City's uh, YouTube channel. There's some there's some really great ones. There's one uh, which hopefully we'll play a clip from where it's 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 him recording a video. Will <laughs> and like, well, if you if if you see this, this is my my cousin. He's also a lawyer. If you've seen this, I'm dead. He probably isn't, unless something very tragic happens. Um, <laughs> but then there's another one where he's an organ, he's a fill-in organ player at a church, but like his organ is this weird calliope organ that plays sound effects. <laughs> Instead of playing hymns, he plays these weird Spike Jones sound effect versions and he <laughs> keeps throwing plates over his shoulder to make this crashing sound effect. I believe that's also where he did that, uh, Cosmos parody, which is again, well worth your time. All these clips are well mm. worth your time. That's great. He had sort of a more uh, dramatic role, and he's speaking of Ben Stiller earlier in this movie uh, called Permanent Midnight. Oh yes, he's, he's like the boss, I think, in that movie, and it's it's based on a, a memoir by Jerry Stahl, uh, who I think created Alf. No, he didn't got... create Alf. He was oh, the, no. uh, I believe he was the executive producer and head writer of the TV show. Bob Fusco created Alf. Okay, so but he was a writer on Alf who heavily got into drugs and. The way they get around that in this movie, they don't have the rights to show Alf and kind of like this <laughs> this drug-focused drama starring Ben Stiller and uh, Maria Bello. So instead, what they do is they have a character that looks a lot like Alf that's a different color that wears glasses. Yeah, they call him like Mr. Croc, and it's just a green yeah. Alf with extra teeth. <laughs> oh, and my mistake, the creator of Alf is not Bob Fusco, it's Paul Fusco. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I mean, this one... It made me wish, you know, Ben Stiller would do more dramatic acting or or whatever, because it's just it's a really intense movie. It's it's surprising. Fred Willard is is great, and this uh, supporting part is a stern boss uh, there at the studio, and uh, just that you'd make something like this and then not get the rights to Alf, I think, kind of blows my mind. But the way they get around it is. Well, do you think do you think they asked because Bob, because Paul sure. Fusco is always trying to keep Alf in the limelight? I can't imagine he wouldn't have done it. But at the same time, maybe he's worried that since it is a memoir about a, her a recovering heroin addict, maybe he's worried that it would uh, it would tarnish Alf's image. Well, and Alf is one of those shows that when it got released on DVD, it was the cut for syndication version. So there's they're shorter than what originally Weird. aired on TV, and. Um, and they have just weird cuts in them in general. And, I mean, the one thing I think that's an out-of-print DVD that's worth a lot is is Alf ended uh, on a cliffhanger. They thought they were going to get another season where Alf gets kidnapped by Men in Black. And uh, and then it, it finally got resolved in a kind of made-for-TV movie in the late 90s. Called uh, Project Alf or Operation yeah. Alf. I and that DVD goes for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Well, it was theatrically released in Europe. I mean... They they did that for a time, you know. To do it that late is kind of weird. But in uh, uh, in the seventies, like the pilot for the Incredible Hulk series was released as a movie in Europe. Um, the 
I, I learned recently some Columbo episodes were released theatrically in Europe because uh, each of those is you know really quite long. But um, it, you know what is now that I think about it, it is shocking. Fred Willard never appeared on Alf. <laughs> That's like one credit. Yeah, I, I, I could imagine that. Sure. Hey, but speaking of a credit, he does have in the uh, 2008 Transformers animated series. He was the voice of the Decepticon Swindle. Hmm. You mentioned him being a good as a newscaster. He is a small part in Anchorman 2. That's right. Uh, I mean, that one had a lot of cameos. I'm, uh... Oh, yeah, definitely both those movies. Um, and, Ooh, uh, another Hasbro well, connection. In G.I. Joe Renegades, he was Mayor Lockridge. Mm. <laughs> Played a lot of mayors over the years. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, official types. A lot of... This uh, this credits list is an amazing wormhole to fall down. Oh, yeah. So many different things. Uh, I mean, one of one of his early partners in comedy was uh, Martin Mull. And, oh uh, yeah, made him stuff. Was it the the history of white people in America, part one and two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a history of a white marriage or something like that. There's a there's a few of these history white movies that look pretty silly um yeah portrait of a white marriage <laughs> what a great title i know right oh he was on Direct cartoon networks Harry. black jesus oh i i like black jesus that show was funny did you guys ever watch that yeah no. I, I didn't have cable at the time so i just could only catch it in hotels when i traveled but i like the episodes i saw yeah it was pretty funny Oh my god, so this is a short I'm going to have to watch immediately after recording. He played Harvey in Clint Howard Reboots Pippi Longstocking with Mila Jovovich and Fred Willard. <laughs> That's what a, a title. title. That yeah, title that gives was. you a free sketch in your head, and yet I bet the real thing is better than what I'm imagining. He's one of the few people that can give you a performance better than what you imagine. I bet so, and like early, early in his career, he was uh, on an episode of Get Smart, 1968. I mean, oh, watch, nice. I watching some, that, actually. Watching some of these old clips of Fred Bullard and seeing him as a younger man with dark hair is, is kind of strange, but it's also, I mean, he's been around for a while. And uh, the improv group he was a part of for several years that he founded was called the Ace Trucking Company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they, they were quite, um, I mean, doing stuff in like the early 70s. So that, that's quite ahead of the curve compared to something like uh, the ground lanes and... Uh, and some of those, I mean, I'm sure it's contemporaneous to some extent, but and as as you, I think you mentioned Salem's Lot, which was a a good pick. It's more of a not a comedic role though, right? That's more of a straight. Right? Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I watched that movie a lot when I was a kid. It must have been on a lot when I was a kid. Um, looking at um, images from For Your Consideration, and there's just a lot of like. They put him in a lot of weird, silly get-ups. Like, he's got, like, a Sherlock Holmes pipe at one point with a the deerstalker cap, and he just looks hilarious. Um, and he, he also has that, like, that awful hairstyle that was popular in the early 2000s where you'd kind of, like, a shortcut, and it would kind of be, like, gelled in the middle. And it was like a faux, faux mohawk oh, almost. yes. And he, he just looks, uh, he looks so silly, but he's such a, you know, such a consummate pro. He's, he's just wearing it well. Oh, well, Fred Willard was on the Cartoon Network series uh, Tig Tone with Bill Corbett. He played Crackers. I mean, there's really a lot to go through here, but to, to, I mean, to sort of wrap this up, Fred Willard did so many 
great things. Just it's uh, just a drop in the bucket for us to kind of mention things we've we've liked them in and. Uh, yeah, I hope that new Space Force series is, is interesting. It's nice we get a few. That's all, I think it's always neat when, neat perhaps isn't the right word, but you know when someone dies, there's always a few things that come out after they're dead, usually. There is yeah. something sort of special and melancholy and, and yet joyful about posthumous releases. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, he knew he was going to die. And it's like, well, no, he didn't. But I mean, you know, people yeah. sometimes put more importance <laughs> on these posthumous roles than perhaps they deserved. Well, well to, be, to be fair, I, I think technically speaking, don't we all know we're going to die? Yes, True. but I mean, people are like, it, it's just sometimes, you know, they're like, oh, wow, it's, you know, you, you see in the, these write-ups of people's careers or these books, like, this is quite a fitting role for him to end on, and it's like, I don't think he meant it to be, you know, I, yeah, exactly. with some exceptions, I mean, you have people like Sean Connery that have clearly retired, or Gene Hackman, who is still alive. But his last movie is Welcome to Mooseport, which is a Ray <laughs> Romano comedy. I, that's just such a weird thing to to end on. I mean, who knows? Yeah. It's But so, I mean, he, he's done so much over the years. It's uh, yeah, I just I, I smile just thinking about him. I miss the, him. The last, the last credit I'm going to talk about, just because this is yeah, so perfect sure. in 2019 and I'm sure he's explaining the bit on the other side right now. In the there's historical roasts, the roast of Anne Frank. He played God. <laughs> I, I saw this. Yeah, this was I on Net. This yeah. was on Netflix. It was a, a brief series, um, hosted by oh, who's the guy that would host all those roasts on Comedy Central? Um, Jeff 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 Ross. Oh it, yeah. It, it, Came up with the idea, but the idea is it's a roast of historical figures. But on the Anne Frank one, Gilbert Godfrey plays Hitler. Um, <laughs> My gosh, man, Fred, that is Fred, Fred Willard is God. I think just in the audience, and he walks on stage, and he's dressed kind of like a hippie. It's 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 pretty good. Uh, it's a unique concept. It's a shame they didn't do more of them. Although maybe they have more in the works. I don't know, but it's because uh, in a way, I think the whole. It was meant to be educational in a weird sort of way, uh, but it's pretty, yeah, that, that's a pretty good thing. I think for me, a, a final credit of of his that just uh, comes to mind, you, you, this is such a wormhole, you're right. You look at this stuff and you're like, oh, I remember that. I remember. It's so many different things. Well, because he was one of those that guys that was constantly working. Yeah, I um, yeah, definitely. I liked. He just had a really brief part in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle as Doctor Willoughby. So, so we've all made peace with the fact that he's going to somehow be left out of the Oscars in memoriam, uh, right? Like I we know that's going to happen. Not even doing uh, an Oscars because uh, of the COVID stuff preventing so much things from being uh, released yeah, in theaters. And they've also said, you know, oh, maybe, or if they do, they're saying, like, well, for this year only, we'll count streaming stuff. But it's like, once you leave that genie out of the bottle, I think to have these these arcane rules about, it has to play in a theater in New York or Los Angeles for at least one day to qualify. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, they need some sort of standard, but it is a standard that I think needs to be updated for the 21st century. Sure, exactly. Um yeah, I would say it was nice to see him and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And I have some old comedy legends kind of show up in these movies with younger uh, up-and-coming comics is uh, is always a nice thing. 
Um, so I have, uh, I have, uh, I reached out to uh, Georgia Jason, formerly Jersey oh, Jason, yeah. and un- unfortunately he had a commitment and could not make it to this recording, but he did send me a statement to read. Yeah, go for it. So when it, so here, here are his comments about Fred Willard. You never saw the workings, just the answers. Best in show may be the pinnacle because of the honesty of his dumbness. He was so smart at playing dumb. Hmm. Well said. That's, that's really well said. It's like he was he was dumb, but he didn't realize he was dumb and just sort of the Well, it's a perfect lack of self awareness that you need is. for a good buffoon. And I mean he'd be a bit old for that role, but he would a, a younger uh, Fred Willard would have made a good um tick. Oh Ooh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think you talk about that kind of you don't have the self-awareness, but you're sort of saying these non-secretaries all the time. Uh, Alex, is there any sort of last Fred Willard thing you want to mention? Um, I think that um, we covered, uh, I, we've covered his career uh, quite well, and it's uh, it's hard career to summarize because, like you said, it's so diverse and and um, and varied. I do think that um, he really does flourish when working with uh, the Eugene uh, Levy Christopher Guest mm-hmm. team, and um, the pairing of uh, of something like Best in Show, where you where you have the straight man, and he's just out of his element, and therefore, like you said, it sets him up as being kind of out of the loop and kind of dumb, dumb but not dumb, um, type thing is hilarious. And I think out of the Christopher Guest movies with Fred Willard that stand out, I feel like for your consideration doesn't get the love that something like Waiting for Guffman or mm-hmm. Best in Show gets, but it is it's I think it's criminally underrated. Um, and I think it deserves a little more of a reevaluation, if for um, if not just for his uh, first performance in it as the Hollywood Now presenter. It's hilarious. Great. Well, uh, yeah, you know, on the one hand, you know, it is I do like doing these episodes to kind of pay respect to these people we admire. On the other hand, you know, it's because they're dead, and I don't like that part of it. But uh, yeah, you know, there's so much. You just 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 take a look at the Internet Movie Database link for Fred Willard, and you'll bound to find either something you want to watch or, or something you remember that you're like, oh, yeah, he was in that. I can't even remember. Um, he just seemed very game to do a lot of stuff. He was, to, to use a phrase, a working actor, constantly doing a lot of hard work. Uh, hey, for a sequel cast special, this is Matt. This is Thrasher, and now that you've put the seed in my head, I can only imagine the Tick being a 1970s Hanna Barbera series. With oh, Fred sure, yeah, That's I can see I'm that. Think about for the rest of the day. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, I've been, I've been. Uh, this is Alex uh, saying. I uh, tell you what, we're all going to be Supreme Court justices, a family of Supreme Court justices, and we got to learn about each other and about the law. It's oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great show. This next story takes us to Ferndale, Michigan, the Jello salad capital of the Midwest. Twenty-six-year-old Michelle Ivy is convinced she's a ninja turtle. 